Proverbs says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. A father's godly advice to his kids is valuable beyond estimation. But delivering it in a way that our sons and daughters hear us is not as easy as it sounds. Have you ever started a conversation with, when I was your age, and suddenly lost your audience? Instead, look for those teachable moments in your kids' lives. Timing is everything. And be careful about turning an important life lesson into a lecture that makes your son's eyes glaze over. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Attention all parents, God has given you a special brand of wisdom and insight as it concerns your children. Do not shy away from sharing it. Hello, I'm Brian Davis and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And throughout the book of Proverbs, Solomon trains his son to make wise decisions about the friends he chooses, about sexual purity, about money management, in short, about living life God's way. The message is clear. We as parents have been charged with the task of passing along godly wisdom to the next generation. Stay with us now as Ron continues his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life, or visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, A Father's Advice to His Son. It'd be a really foolish thing to walk along the edge of the Grand Canyon with no rails in pitch blackness. I wouldn't do it. I'd fall over the edge. I'd get into big trouble. And you may be here this morning and say, oh, pastor, I'm a follower of Jesus. I I would never intentionally walk in darkness. I appreciate that. You're you're here this morning and you you wanna walk in the light of Jesus Christ. But you know what I find in a lot of so-called Christians and maybe even in my own heart, we love to straddle the light and darkness. One foot in the light, one foot in the darkness. That's called trafficking in the gray. And a lot of us may not experience the the power in our personal relationship with God and experiencing the things that we would like to experience with it because we're we're trafficking in a lot of gray areas and if the truth were known, walking in unapplied truth. Oh, we know the light. We know it when we see it. We know it when we hear it. We're just not living it out like we should. Verse 18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Solomon just says very simply to his son, watch your step. Watch your step and walk in the light. Walk toward the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. That's Jesus. More brighter, more pure than 10,000 angels that would gather together is the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Thirdly, Solomon says to his son, 
guard your heart. Let's read on in verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let, not, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from, from it flow the springs of life. That's the key verse in this chapter. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Again, the key verse is verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Another translation says, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. In other words, get after it. Your heart is like a garden, all right? You, you get out there in the spring and you, you weed it and you, you, you till the ground and you plant some flowers and before long you find other weeds popping up. You just gotta keep after it, don't you? You gardeners know that. Well, the heart is like that because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The natural tendency of the human heart is toward darkness. And so you have to garden your heart and garden your soul. You have, to, you have to get after it. You have to be diligent about pulling those weeds that would crowd out room for the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, the heart in the Bible does not refer to the physical organ. It refers to one's inner being, the seat of consciousness, the place where emotions, will, and decision-making resides. And Solomon says to his son, son, above all things, above all else, whatever else you do as you're chasing after wisdom, guard your heart. Because the Bible says and warns about a proud heart, a double heart, a hard heart, an unbelieving heart, a cold heart, an unclean heart, and also a lukewarm heart. Remember that one? Revelation chapter 3. Chapters 2 and 3 record seven letters that Jesus sent off to the seven churches of Asia Minor. The last one in the order was the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church. I've been to Laodicea. Uh, you can go visit the ruins there in western Turkey. We did that several years ago on a Something Good radio tour where we toured all the seven churches of Asia Minor and then went over to Athens and places like that and looked at the ruins of the early church. The, the, the city of Laodicea is in a beautiful, beautiful valley in western Turkey. And, and if you're standing here off, off this way toward the hills is the city of Hierapolis. Just think of Hot Springs, Arkansas. It, it's where all the hot springs are. And it was kind of a spa that people went to at that time and even is today. Beautiful place, uh, beautiful warm springs there. Then off in a distance over here is the city of Colossae. There was a church in Colossae and a letter that Paul sent to the Colossians. We have it in our New Testament. Interestingly enough, in Laodicea, uh, they received their hot water from Hierapolis. You know, they built an aqueduct for the water to come down from the hills, the hot water. They got their cold water from Colossae, from a distant city there. Again, an aqueduct system that brought them the hot and cold water. But as you can imagine, by the time the cold water came from Colossae and the hot water came from Hierapolis, both were lukewarm. And Jesus uses that, that context 
and he looks inside a church in Laodicea, and he says, I wish that your heart was either hot or that you were just cold and indifferent to me, but you are lukewarm. You, you have a tepid spiritual temperature, and I want to spit you out of my mouth, Jesus says. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message of father's advice to his son. SomethingGoodRadio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's SomethingGoodRadio.org. And when you stop by, check out the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at SomethingGoodRadio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. 
Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's message, a father's advice to his son. If you know anything about the book of Revelation, And these seven churches, many scholars believe that not only were they literal churches, we can go to the ruins today. And these were letters that under the inspiration of the Spirit, uh, John wrote down, but letters from Jesus to these seven churches. But they all, all also may represent kind of seven seasons in church history. The last before the return of Jesus Christ is the Laodicean church. A time of lukewarm, tepid spirituality on the earth, in the church, just before Jesus returns. I hope that doesn't describe us. I want him to come tomorrow. But I know that if he does, if he does come tomorrow, we're living in those lukewarm times and we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to get after it to passionately pursue God and to love him, to not be cold, but to be hot, to not be indifferent toward him and sort of ho-hum in our relationship with him, not to have one foot in and one foot out. But if anyone wants to follow after me, Jesus says, deny yourself, don't indulge yourself like the culture says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, it's not gonna be easy, and pursue me, follow after me. And along the way, you're gonna have to guard your heart because again, that heart is like a garden that tends toward weeds and all kinds of stuff that will choke the beautiful flowers out of existence. How do you do that? How do you guard your heart? Well, Solomon gives us some hints in verses 20 through 27. Four things he says. If you want to protect your heart, first of all, protect what you hear. Protect what you hear. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What we listen to affects our heart, doesn't it? The music we listen to. Uh, The words that we listen to, boy, we live in a verbose culture today, don't we? All the social media chatter. You can spend hours on that kind of stuff. The flea market of ideas out there in social media. That affects your heart. So protect what you hear. Secondly, protect what you see. He goes on to say, let them not escape from your sight. Uh, A little bit later in verse 25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. You know, successful people in life have a focus, don't they? They they understand their goals. They know where they're going. Uh, Even athletes, as they're they're stepping onto the field for an intense competition, they get their game face on. Their eyes are focused. You can see it when they're singing the national anthem. their, Their lips are moving, but their eyes are focused. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at another woman. Uh, The writer of Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, he told us to run the race that is before us. And like an athlete, 
fix our eyes on Jesus. And don't look to the right, don't look to the left, don't get distracted. So you protect your heart by guarding what you hear, what you see, thirdly, what you say. He says in verse 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about what we say, doesn't it? And how we say it. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we're, we're going to talk about all that Proverbs says about the tongue. Strap on your seatbelts that morning. The lips, the tongue, our speech. Oh my, the Bible has a lot to say about that. And Jesus even said what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our hearts. James says, be slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to listen. God gave you one mouth and two ears. Listen twice as more, much as you talk, all those kinds of things. And then finally, you protect your heart by guarding where you go. It's back to the feet and watching your step. He says in verses 26 and 27, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Yeah, where you go, where you hang out, you know, is going to affect your heart. And either what you hear, what you see, what you say, and where you go is going to produce a wonderful garden of spiritual fruit and flowers in your life, or it's going to produce weeds that will eventually choke out the beautiful thing that Christ wants to do in your life. This is just a little fatherly advice to his son. Pretty good stuff. And maybe the application for you this morning as a parent or as a grandparent is to find a natural way to kind of weave some of this into a conversation with your children or your grandchildren. Or maybe the application for you this morning is, Pastor, man, I got a lot of weeds growing up in my heart this morning. I've been chasing after the wrong things. I've been stepping in places that I shouldn't be. My heart is crowded out by so much of the world today. What I listen to, what I see, what I say, where I go, it's just a mess. And I need to get right with Jesus this morning. I need to walk in the light, the bright, shining light, even if it exposes some of my sin before him because I know he is a God of grace and mercy and his blood will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. For others of you still, the application may be you've never come to faith in Jesus Christ. You've never learned that there are two paths in life to follow. You're just kind of going with the crowd, going with the world, so easily swayed by whatever flea market of ideas are out there. You're kind of directionless. How's that working for you? Like everybody else, come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let him diagnose your human condition. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a turning point that needs to take place in your life today, a repentance. Not a regret and a sorrow that you got caught doing something, but a true repentance that's born of the conviction of sin that you've offended a holy God. And that holy God did something about your sin by sending his son to die on the cross for it and take the punishment that you and I deserve. Then he rose three days later from the grave and he is the only one with the credentials to save you and rescue you. 
because his grave is empty today and he's promising to come again. And because he's coming again, he's running toward you. Make sure you're running toward him. He's, he's passionately pursuing you. Chase after him. Chase what matters. Chase what lasts. Chase the Lord Jesus Christ and keep your eyes fixed on him. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, A Father's Advice to His Son. And I'm pleased to welcome in Dr. Ron Jones to the studio. Ron, one of the things I love about today's message is that it shows us two perspectives about wisdom. For children, it shows the importance of gaining wisdom. For parents, it shows the importance of sharing wisdom. It really comes full circle, doesn't it? You know, Brian, I think that's one of the great aspects of God's Word, that He offers us uh, a chance to gain wisdom for our own lives. But He also invites us to take part in that same process by handing down the wisdom we've acquired to our children or to others in our sphere of influence. Uh, This is a crucial point for all believers in Jesus Christ to take hold of, especially in a world that offers a, a brand of wisdom so vastly different from what God offers us. Uh, Brian, wisdom is not something to hoard or to keep to ourselves. In fact, a wise person will, by definition, pass that wisdom along to his or her children and to others as well. Here's something else I'd like to share with parents before we end today's broadcast. You know, uh, some of you may feel inadequate. Uh, That is, um, you know the mistakes you've made in your own life, and you look around our culture and see all these well-trained marriage and family experts. Well, it can be intimidating. But I want to encourage you, Uh, no one knows your children better than you do. Sometimes it takes help from outside the home to deal with a crisis, but make no mistake about it. Uh, Parents have been given a special wisdom and insight as it relates to their own kids. So don't allow the enemy to silence you. God's will is for you to reach out to your children in love and to train them, to discipline them, uh, to impart wisdom into their lives. And I can promise you this, no matter how you may sometimes feel, you are not inadequate. You are not being ignored. Your your labor is not in vain. God himself told us that if we will train our children in the way they should go, they will not depart from it when they are older. And the Holy Spirit is right there with you, giving you the wisdom you need to raise your children in the wisdom and instruction of the Lord. I know it's not an easy job. It's often a thankless job. But the children in your home are yours for a reason. God gave them to you and to no one else. And that means you've been called to raise those kids. And God always, he always equips those whom he has called. I'm reminded of the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Take the words I have commanded you and teach them diligently to your children. When you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, Thanks, Ron, for those words of encouragement to parents. And, Ron, we're about out of time for today, so let's wrap it up with you telling us where we're headed next time as you continue your series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. You know, Brian, Proverbs offers divine wisdom and instruction on virtually every facet of our lives. And if we truly believe God is who He says He is, we'll make every effort to follow that advice. I think one of the biggest issues for many people is the area of money management. Consumer debt is at an all-time high, and it not only renders believers in Jesus less effective members of the body of Christ, 
It can also destroy marriage and families. God has a lot to say about all of this, and as you'd expect, the wisdom he shares about money looks very little like most of the financial advice you'll get from the world. I want to be clear, my next message is not about tithing. It's about a philosophy of money management that comes from God himself. And it's designed to set us free from the bondage of debt so that we can be all we can be in Christ. I'll talk more about this next time as we move ahead in our series from Proverbs, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Financially Wise and Otherwise. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.